If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Lee Wills. Lee's from Equus Education, and I think her motto says it all, giving every horse the opportunity to be a champion. Lee works in the area of foal education to give foals a human-friendly basic education. How are you, Lee? Fantastic. Very good, thank you. Okay. All right, Lee, meeting you last year and watching you work with foals and sort of staying in contact with you since then, it's been a privilege to be able to get you on the show. I'm hoping you enjoy it as much as I know that I will. Mm, it's a privilege for us to be <laughs> here too. Really important that we get the opportunity to have a platform like yourselves to be able to speak. It's great. So thank you so much for inviting us. That's Okay. Now, before we get started, Lee, what have you got for a favourite quote? And just tell us how it's inspired you or influenced you with horses. Yeah, um, the quote that we've got today is Be the Change You Want to See in the World by Gandhi. And I think for us, it it was very much about um, that we needed to be in our industry to be part of that change, well, probably to understand it so we could be that change. And that's really been kind of how we've worked right from the start of just learning about the industry by being in it and continually kind of researching and developing what we're doing and trialling things. And that's where we've really come from initially was from the horses. So that's our quote that works for us. No, I think that's a good one. I think that someone else has already used that, but it's a good one. Mm -hmm. And particularly, I think it's a very proactive one. You know, it's one that you're thinking, Mm. "I'll, I'll make the change. I'll take that responsibility on myself. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Now, Lee, tell me about something in early memory of horses, early memory of riding or early memory of horses, you know, just something that you can sort of introduce yourself to the listeners with. Uh, I suppose we did have um, horses in our family, actually, and probably so there's some relevance to um, the racing side for us. Is, um, and something that's kind of etched in our history, I suppose, is my grandfather was in, had horses and his dream was always to win what was called the Wanganui Gold Cup. And he, um, his horse did win, and he had a heart attack and died in the stand. So oh, no. that was kind of a real big thing for wow. our family. Wow. And, then, and then in saying that, what, that, that actual incident was what actually really started us within the thoroughbred industry in New Zealand because one of my grandfather's horses, named after my mother and my sister, Vicky Joy, was a horse that was the foundation for Cambridge Stud with Sir Patrick Hogan, which actually got us into our industry. So it's actually um, our history, which I suppose um, was quite influential. I was very young at the time and was really part of, then we started um, horsing, uh, having horses, but we were 
very much in the sport horse industry before we kind of went into racing. So, my one of my first memories probably would have been of yeah of the of the racing side of it before we actually started with our own ponies ourselves. Do Do you have a particular incident that you'd like to talk about? You know, just something from one of those early with us riding. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. In, anyone that's from New Zealand that used to ride. Well, I understand there was a gentleman called Coleman de Bolga. Oh, he came to Australia a bit too. Yeah, he did come did over to Australia a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I do have um, visions of being chased with a stock whip um, over fences. And I must say he was a very good shot because he never actually hit us. And I remember falling off seven times into one fence and um, a woman having an asthma attack. But in saying we kept getting back on, I think eventually I did get over it. So, yeah, 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 but that's yeah. probably one of my big memories, I suppose. I think he trained the New Zealand Olympic team, didn't he? Um, he could well have, mm. yes. He mm. was very influential over here. Show jumping, yep, yep. Mm. So tell me about, you know, because you told me about getting into racing. Did you start off saying, I'm going to get into the horse industry when you first left school or what happened there? No, um, I've tried very hard for a very long time not to be in horses. So, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sometimes it just gets very, you. Very, very yeah. hard, yep, but yep. keep getting drawn back to it. So yep. um, it's, it was definitely there just competing and things, but never um, really full time. Mm. So eventually I just kind of kept getting drawn back into it until eventually – from 2000, yes, we've run a company and be full-time with the horses. So. Okay. And what was it, do you think, that brought you back into it? Do you think it was because you wanted to see the change in the world? I suppose um, what really drew us back was I ended up training in England in 1997 with Monty Roberts yep. and being his first student to become an instructor in the world and writing his programs for the world. Uh-huh. And I think it was um, that understanding of the horses that really kind of drove, well, both Sally and I, it's, it's been a real driving force for us both. Okay, okay. And then from there, you, you decided that you're going to get, and did you, was your first business what you're doing now, the training and bringing on foals, or was it just general horsemanship? No, our company was developed, first of all, to um, bring Monty's teachings to New Zealand and Monty touring in New Zealand. Yes, so that's what we first did, and then it wasn't until um, 2003 that we started doing foals, mm-hmm. and it was actually Sir Patrick Hogan that asked us to do it. We, oh, I never thought about doing foals. Yep. Um, I was training behaviour of horses through Monty, yep. um, using his methods here in New Zealand, and it was really Sir Patrick, Sir Patrick's manager, a, a guy called Marcus Corbin, who actually asked us, and that's kind of, we just started doing it, so we just kind of fell into it, really. Okay, okay. Obviously, you're doing a great job because you're certainly getting your name <laughs> out there and, and uh, yeah, doing lots of folds. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, for someone who wants to work in the horse industry, you know, that may not have a lot of knowledge about horses, what are the core skills or character traits do you think that they need to just start off in the horse industry? Yes, Definitely, um, you definitely need a love and a passion for the horses, mm-hmm. but I think it's um, it's a lot of hard work. It's a hard industry to be in, yep. as in working physically hard. Um, I think people want to help, you know, if you're willing to learn. So I think, yeah, that willingness to learn and real, really wanting to work hard, I think, is great attributes really for the thoroughbred or for any industry, yep. horse industry. Yeah, yep. okay. And then 
now that you're in the horse industry, after trying so long to stay away from it, what do you think is the best thing about working in the horse industry? For us? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We just – see, for us, it's just a privilege every day for us because we kind of get to set up these little foals for the rest of their lives and work with the mares and foals. So for us, it's just the whole thing's a privilege, an amazing yeah. experience for us. Yeah. yeah. Now, you said about – Patrick, Sir Patrick Hogan asking you, mm-hmm. and he obviously saw that there was going to be um, benefits for his horses. Have you got horses then who've gone on and done good things that you've started off? Mm, definitely. There's a horse um, in Australia at Coolmore called uh, So You Think. Yep. And I think it's a half share of him. Was I think they paid 20-odd million for him. So he stands at Coolmore. So he's one of our graduates. Yeah. Wow. That's really good, sort of having horses like that and um, just knowing that they've had the good pole. And he's gone on to be a very successful sire, yes. Yeah. So for us, it's it's about, they talk about um, black type racing. So for us, it's about um, producing them or the horses that we, that we, that graduate our program, go mm-hmm. on to be successful racehorses. Yep, so. yep, yep. And horses that have had problems racing, can you see that it goes back to them not being well handled as foals? I mean, you know, are you seeing your work progressing on in the years to come, you know, the down the track and see horses that haven't had that basic handling and you can see that maybe those horses would be better off if they'd had that basic handling? Mm, it's um, something, um, Glenis, that's actually very dear to our hearts and something that really has, um, the more we understand. So just talking to Sally uh, before you called and we're just talking about the rate of learning that Mm. we're going through. It's phenomenal, like how much we're learning. And I suppose it's, um, it is, it's, I don't know if it actually is called ignorance, but we just didn't know enough at the start. And we kind of, we've learned so much in the last few years and we've had a huge, big, um, kind of big learning curve again, even since we've seen you in November, just about horses' emotionality and learning. Mm -hmm. And so even that is, um, I was out with a little foal today, well, it's a weanling now, and just... You know, we're trying to set them up for the rest of their lives, but it's about understanding when they first learn that first behaviour, that emotion that's attached to it. And so for us, is if it's not a good thing attached, like this particular foal had um, an eye injury at the time we were first handling okay. it. Yes. And so it, it's got quite of a negative kind of attachment mm. to that. So mm. that was really kind of sad to see that it's still there. So it's about trying to retrain that and it's just the importance. But it's one of those things, you know, we along with everybody else, we're trying to do the best thing we can, but we just never knew enough. And I just think we'll just can keep continuing to learn. And that was the thing for us about going to the conference, um, presenting, mm. and just having access to all these different people just to try and understand so much more about what's happening. So Yeah, yeah, because you're using, you know, I mean, the work that Monty's done has, changed a lot within the horse industry, you know, changed a mm-hmm, lot of people mm-hmm. and a lot of different sectors of the horse industry. But now you're looking a lot more at the science-based evidence as well. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that shows how open to learning that you are. You don't just say, no, I'm a Monty Roberts instructors. that's it. I'm just, you know, head down, tail up and mm. very narrow-minded, but you've got, you're very broad in your thinking. 
I think it's um, I think it's that thing of having those horses every day and actually looking at those horses. And for us, you know, it's given us we've done over two thousand eight hundred horses now, and it's just given us that opportunity to, um, you know, we can we might think something and we can trial it instantly in front of us, yep. and we get to see a lot. And I think for us, that's you know, you know, be the change we want to see is um, it's really comes back to that because. We can just keep trialing things, and I think that's really been the bonus for us. Mm-hmm. So we're not um, so much we're, – we're just trying to um, do the best by those horses all the time. So whichever way we can do it, they'll let us know if it's working for them or not. Yeah, so. yep. Now, you've talked about Monty Roberts, who's mm-hmm. had a big influence. Anyone else has had a big influence in the way that you're doing things? Um, I think um, Andrew, Dr. Andrew McLean has as well for me, and I think it was he really opened up this whole science side to us. So one was just getting us to really look at what we were doing and what we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think it's um, having that really good basic framework that we can that we can look at and also just access to such amazing people. So for us, even when we get stuck, like we had um, Professor Natalie Warren over with us. So mm-hmm. if I get stuck now, I can just, you know, there's someone I can ask. Yes. And it might be they might just say a few words and it'll give us another idea and then we'll trial it again. So it's a great kind of circle that we're within, which is it's awesome. You know what I really like about those three is that they've all been previous guests on the show as well. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good, you know. So if people want to go, they just have to go to horsechat.com and search for Monty, search for Andrew or search for Natalie and they'll find the the page and the interview. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Tell us about a horse. The horse with the sore eye must have influenced you a bit. Has there been any other horses that you think they've really influenced the way that we think about things? Yeah, um, when you say that, it was just because that was today. That's what I saw oh, today. Okay. Yep, and I yep. think it's um, – so what happens with us is um, it's probably not so much a particular horse. It's mm-hmm. just we're seeing the amount of horses that yes. we're seeing. Yes, And yes. so it's probably just our work and how it's evolved through what we see. So uh, probably the biggest thing we've learned, though, is that the mares are the key to our work. So mm-hmm. that's really stayed consistent. It took us about 3,000 sessions to work it out, but that's something that stayed really consistent with us, and we've probably used it more and more. Okay, okay. So not so much a horse, I suppose, but, yeah, that the, it's the mares really for us. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it'd be good to, and I don't know if you've had it, but, any fillies that you've started off who've then gone on, started to breed, and then that mare is the mother of the foal. Have you, mm. have you sort of been doing it that long? You've been doing it that long. Yeah, we do. We, we definitely have that. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it makes a difference. <laughs> and it is quite, yep. uh, yeah, um, it, it is quite a hard case when we see them, you know, we know what the grandmother's like and then the, the yeah. mare and then yep, the foal, yep, yes. Yep, yep. And you definitely do see traits coming through. So Good. Good. Yeah, good that you've got the knowledge then to be able to do that. Mm. Lee, what do you think your proudest moment's been? Um, I did talk to Sally about this just <laughs> before, and um, Sally was saying when she does an amazing session with a foal and just to that real connection with them yep. and just that, you know, how they really go on from that. And I think for me is because we do train so much with the mares, is a mare that you know, was not really involved, didn't really want to be part of 
training her foal and when she turns around and really wants to help us train her foal, that for me is the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting all these amazing sessions and you're doing it. No wonder you like going to work every day. You know, you're saying oh my it's gosh, a yes. privilege every day to go and work with the horses and then you go and have yes. the amazing sessions with the foals. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think that's the thing for us. And if it's not a good session, we need to look at, you know, why isn't it and mm-hmm. how can we make that the best session? So that's really what drives us. So Yeah, yeah. Now, the work that you're doing, because you've been doing it for a while, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? Have you been challenged where people say, no, I'm not going to get my horses done, it's not worth it, or have you had any other challenges along those lines from the industry? I think for us it's it's always been about you know, there is so much to learn. So we continue to learn daily and then it's how we can learn that, just continue to learn and continue to develop and innovate and then how we can pass that on. So that's probably our biggest challenge is being able to actually, like when we first started we really didn't understand about foals and even though we knew about training behaviour, it was so different with the foals. So we mm-hmm. didn't really understand, and we didn't really understand our industry and them becoming racehorses. So, I mean, even though before I started training the foals, I had spent time in a racing yard just so I knew where they were trying to go to. So it's um, just really being able to understand, I suppose, and then being able to pass on that knowledge. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, I'm sure you've learned a lot since you've been in the industry. What do you think, if you're Mm. going to say one key thing that you've learned since you've been in the industry, what would it be? The mares are the key to the foals learning Yeah, Yeah. is our biggest thing. Okay. Okay. Mm. So to do with people, other people handling foals, and, you know, you might see them and and not be in control of the situation or you're trying to train staff to then have the ongoing training of the foals, what's a common fault that you see? A common fault Mm. would be, I think it's, um, you know, whatever you might, you know, go online and you look at different training uh, practices of people doing different things with foals, and I think it's that same thing, just look at the mares, look what the mares are doing. So the mares will just give you a true reading of what how those foals are coping and those those foals are feeling. Okay. So I think it's um, still going back to the mares, is um, that the mares are so important. As the foals get older, what will happen is they go through a socialisation phase kind of about four to six weeks, and what you'll find is their peers are more are start becoming more important to them. So you'll find that the mares won't have as much um, influence over the foals, but she will still give you a reading. But you've really, uh, that mare and foal bond is so important for us within the racing industry. One, it's amazing that they get to be, nat- you know, it's natural with the mare and foal, but also, you know, their social skills have to be so highly developed to race because you know, it's like they're galloping in a in a kind of in a herd in a group. So, I suppose that's the thing with racing is you know being able to have that real social skill development. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. So thinking about, you know, looking at the mares, and I know you've placed a lot of emphasis on 
the mayors and reading the mayors and, and the bond that they have and mayors holding the keys. What are you looking for in the mayor? What particular body language expressions um, are you looking for to see if the mayor's quite tense and worried or if the mayor's confident and happy? What are you looking for between the two? So um, actually some of it can be vocal, like you'll hear her, her nickering to her foal. Yep. If she's concerned, she, mm-hmm. she will actually nicker. But for us, we we want the foals to always stand next to the mares and they we touch them and things and pick up their feet. So the mares need to be stationary and quite settled about it. So if she's tense, you'll see her tenseness in her body. So she might put her head up or her muscles will be tense or she'll just start to want to move forward and not stand still. So we would see that. Um, if Yeah, so more or less she'll find it hard to actually stand and wait for her foal or just general normal tenseness that you would see within a horse, okay. just nor- reading normal body language. Okay. So if the mare's there and happy and, and waiting for the foal and content not moving around a lot that's and with the head down, that's really what you want to see. Yeah. We've just got to really realise that, um, you know, that mere foal bond, if you're working with her foal, she's not going to be, she may be concerned about her environment, mm-hmm. but a lot of the reaction you see will be that she's not happy about her foal, what you're okay. doing with her foal. Okay. So you'll get, you'll see more of that than her reaction to her environment. And I think it's that thing for us is we always have to provide a good environment for her, mm-hmm. for the foals learning. So if the mares are stressed, we know that if the mares are stressed within the environment, we need to change that environment. So we need to friends with her or we need to give her something to eat or whatever it is. We need to fight, make sure that she's calm so then yep. her foals have a better chance. So then we're reading only how the foal's coping from her, not the reaction to the environment. Yep. That makes yep. sense. Okay. Lee, have you got a book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Um, I was just um, thinking about that, and I think probably a book, and it's just about maybe not even for mares and foals, but really just us having a better understanding, is a book called Love Antony mm-hmm. by Lisa Genova. And it's just about how to look at things differently, I suppose. She's a brilliant writer, so... But that's what I would recommend, I think. Now, I'm not sure that I've heard of the book, but it's certainly going to go on my list of books to read. So love, Anthony. Lisa, how do you spell her last name? So it's Lisa and Genova, G-E-N-O-V-A. Okay, Lisa N. Genova. Okay. All right. Now, Lee, what are you looking forward to now in the future? What's in your diary over the next 12 months? So for us, it's, well, continuing doing our work with the foals yes, and passing on that knowledge. So uh, we've also got some awesome research running as well. So we kind of have those three parts to our business. So one is presenting our findings, but the other is we collaborate with other universities mm-hmm. and collect data for them. Yep. So we've got some... There's um, Kalouve University in Belgium. We uh, have a project with them at the moment and we're measuring the mental state of the mare and the foal during our training and we're trying to understand the interaction between the two. So we're really interested to see uh, the findings of that. We don't know what they are even though we've done all the data. So that'll be quite exciting. And, um, yeah, just continuing learning more and passing it on. So that's... 
the next part for us. All right. Now, just in a few sentences, can you summarise your philosophy about training foals? Mm, I thought you were just going to say our general philosophy. with horse, No, tell me your general philosophy with horses because I'm sure that's going to reflect within the work you're doing with training foals. So, no, general philosophy with horses would be good. Our general philosophy with horses. Mm. Oh, Sally. Sally's looking at me blankly too. We're both looking a bit <laughs> blankly. I'm sure you'll be able to just figure out just in a couple of sentences, you know, what we've talked about today. I think, yeah, going, um, probably taking uh, what they do naturally for us. Yes. And then how we can, we're setting the foundation for them, for the career that they are, which is racing, I suppose, for us. Mm-hmm. Is we're trying to set them up the best we can for the life that they're going to have. We've also got to think it's not only for racing because those horses will then be off the track thoroughbreds. So we're not only setting them up for that, but for the rest of their lives. Yep. Yep. Well, I suppose. Oh, I, I suppose the other thing might be is we kind of train and we try and train with the least amount of stress, so they'll cope with the most amount of stress. That's a good way of putting it, isn't it? Mm. Train with the least amount of stress. So they cope with the most amount of stress. And that makes mm. sense. When you first said it, I sort of had to mull it over in my brain. But you're right. <laughs> if, they're, if they're trained and they're happy and they're confident, then they can cope with more stress. Mm, yeah. Definitely for us. Yeah. And even how we introduce the cues, if you remember um, at the conference, how we do it on the near side and then the off side, yep. is what we're trying to do is having more links into those um, actual cues that the foals are learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Okay, now I know you, you've got a website, Equus Education, but if you'd like to tell people about how to contact you, Lee, and also there'll be contact details on horsechats.com slash Wills, or just search horsechats.com for Lee or search horsechats.com for Wills and you'll be taken to that page. But if someone's ready now, do you want to give them your contact details? Yes, definitely. If they just go to our website, which is equuseducation.com, so it's equus, which is actually the scientific name for horse, so it's E-Q and then U-U-S education.com. And if you just contact that, contact us off that, we're really, um, we're always interested in talking to people and you know passing on as much as we can and learning from others, so you're always very keen to... Um, to be in contact with different people. So, yeah, please contact us and we'd <laughs> love to either have a chat to you or, or learn some more things or pass on something, whatever we can do, we would love to. Good. All right. Thanks very much for talking to us today, Lee, and tell that Sally thanks very much for sort of waiting in the background just in case um, we needed her. But, but we might interview Sally separately another time because even though a lot of the time you're working together, you know, just Sally might have a slightly different slant or we can talk about a couple mm. of different things with her as well. Definitely. Thanks very much and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon and we might be able to go down into a couple of areas of handling in a little bit more depth. That sounds fantastic. That would be awesome. Thank you so much and thank you, Horse Chats. It's been awesome. Okay, thanks, Lee. Bye. Okay, then. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352.
Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.